become best friends? Yup! Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup! Hey, hey, with the big dog, stay on the porch, blow the All right, the Indiana Runner podcast. This is going to be the best one so far. Week seven recap. It's the last week of the uh, regular season, I, I suppose. Uh, it's kind of the transition season. And it's going to be our tournament preview. Taylor, has this been the best weather season ever? Um, I would certainly think so, at least in my coaching stint here the past 10 years. I can't think of another year that's had better consistent weather throughout the year. Um, obviously, yesterday, well, Saturday was uh, one of our uh, best weather days um, ever, maybe. Um, so I, I would say so. You are the amateur meteorologist uh, for Indiana Runner. Would you confirm that? 2015 was really good. 2017 was good. 2019 had some okay days. And then the last three years before this year have been pretty brutal. So yeah, they were talking to our guys today um, and saying, you know, this is what you're capable of when the weather's nice and, and distance running is an outdoor sport and it's so dependent upon weather. Right. And the real unfortunate part is for a lot of kids, this, you know, the season is over before it gets cooled off, which is why we let all the kids stay and train uh, all the way through the state meet and beyond at, at Carmel if they want. Uh, yeah. Because this is when you can see what what what's really possible for you. And, yeah. and the weather forecast for Saturday looks, I mean, you thought it was nice this past Saturday. It's going to be, uh, at least in central Indiana, you know, low to mid 40s. This is like beyond ideal uh for that which is you know a lot of, a lot of chances for kids in their last race whether they're a kid outside the top seven at a big school or uh inside the top seven at a smaller school and this is one of the last couple of races this this weekend could see ideal times although uh people don't like this phrase but in a lot of ways it's a silly season we are going to see a lot of jogging around the state, I would say, don't waste an opportunity like this. Well, uh, to your point, this will be the last year of the silly season, Colin. I mean, I presumably yep. whatever fix comes about will at least be less silly. So uh, I mean, there's still going to be jogging in that first round, just as there are teams that in the current regional can can sure. sit people and the, the more sites there are, the more jogging there potentially could be, or the more runners outside their team's top seven there, there could potentially be. Um, so it, it just depends if they're going to be the first round is going to be 16 sites, 20 sites, 25 sites. We, we, we don't know. And we'll we see it. that. We'll see that next year. All right. Around the state in the we got kind of one from each semi state although our main meet had teams from all over but we would like to kind of go around in each quadrant's really not the right word i mean i know there's four semi states but they don't really just make up sure four different you know they don't cut the state into four in that in that way so this is the ni cell nic nlc combo meet when we were once in a conference Many, many moons, moons ago, ago. 
Yeah. We, whether we were coaching at the same school or different schools, we were both advocating for a combination meet between the conferences in central Indiana. We thought that would be cool. I think that would be awesome if, uh, you know, assuming that we were, we were still there um, for both cross country and track and field. I mean, could you imagine the high level of competition for both sports and a combo meet that you would then score out separately uh, for conference awards? But you know so, what? Uh, we, we are not, no longer, uh, we don't have that issue. So we liked the idea so much that we were in one conference. We asked to join another conference and we're asked to leave both. Yeah. Uh, but shout out to the, maybe we can get in one of these. Can we get in the NIC or the NLC? Uh, because they had a combo meet in the girls side. These are the combined scores. So these conferences, uh, there are separate conferences, but they run their meet all in one location and then they do have separate scores but they do combine scores as well so it's basically like a large invitational um and they can do separate scoring which is i'm not going to get in there's a whole thing on the message board about tournament proposals and i do have one that you could have a combined state meet with separate team scoring the technology is there um right. most people i know that i've told that to say that's a good idea but they don't think the ihsa will ever go for it there's now a, a portion of people on the board that say it's a terrible idea uh, and not only is it a terrible idea, but I also am just not great, um, which everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Uh, it's a little more right. meaningful when you put your name to it. Maybe we'll do call out corner here later and I can say, hey, anybody ever wonder who this is? Because I know their email address. I know who it is, even if he won't say it. Okay. Anyways, uh, we're just getting started. It's October. Oh, boy. Get loosened up in October. Uh, in the NIC, NLC combo meet. The Penn Girls, 49, Warsaw, 65, Northridge, 96. It was as nice as the conditions were at Laverne at night. It may have been even nicer. I mean, 60 degrees at night, 58 degrees um, is nice. But these meets, Northern Indiana, it might have been low to mid-40s. Uh, so there were some blazing fast times. New Prairie's Lillian Zelasco, 1746 for the win. Uh, a pretty big win over Joey Rastrelli from Warsaw, both possible or likely all staters. So the 35 second victory for Zelasco. Rastrelli runs 18 21. On the boys' side, North Ridge, 42 Penn, 69 Goshen, 85. The individual winner, I feel like he gets a lot of. Uh, attention on the podcast probably because he wins his races a lot that tends to happen that does happen uh, when you win a lot you get your name called out liam bowski 15 47 for the super sophomore goshen senior tommy claxton 1559 claxton i mean he's in the mix in the 20s 30s at the state meet he could be all state bowski looks potentially likely to be an all-stater uh what do you make of that that meet other than the uh combo conference meet is a great idea although they should probably have it a week earlier yeah i mean something that i definitely like uh you you hit on that yeah surprising uh zelasco uh her big win over Rastrelli. that's uh you know showing just how fit she is right now uh four weeks out um so that's you know like you said those are two all-state girls there um and then uh Bauschke just wins all the time i mean you know that's what you come to do is win um so it'll be interesting when he 
comes down and uh, sees some other competition at the state meet, just, you know, how, um, how high up he can place, right? Uh, looks like a lot of his wins have been uh, either maybe over a, a teammate that's not too far back or, um, you know, a couple other guys up in the, up in the region, right? So um, it'll be great to see him down at Laverne in a few more weeks. Zalasco seventh on INCC stats, uh, season long, Rastrelli 13th. So I said, they're both likely all staters. They are very likely Definitely. all staters. Uh, Zalasco's performance from last weekend. And remember there was the highly competitive, uh, meet we'll get into in a second, but Zalasco adjusted performance had the fifth best rating, uh, of the weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, she's, you know, a very, very possible top 10 candidate and maybe could even break into the top five. We don't talk about her maybe as much as the first, the, the, you know, Cridge, Sutherland, uh, Canablo, and then, and then the teammates from Columbus North, the teammates from Park Tudor, but she's probably right. right in that mix. And I think we'll see her run very well the rest of October. Uh, the, and, and another quadrant of the state, the upper left corner. So, NIC NLC is more kind of upper middle. The DAC, Valpo Girls 36, Lake Central Girls 63, Laporte Girls 77, and the Laporte Girls have got the return of their front runner, uh, which certainly has helped. It's a one-two finish though by the Valpo seniors. Cheyenne Stock 1841, Grace Thomas 1911. On the boys' side. The Valparaiso boys won narrowly over Chesterton, who ran their best race of the season. Valpo, 52. Chesterton, 59. Lake Central, 82. Valpo senior Jimmy Dillaball, 15.53. And that was good enough for a 12-second win. Pretty big margin over Chesterton senior Jackson Tuck. What do you make of the DAC meet? Well, uh, like you said, Laporte picked up their uh, star, right? Gillespie was back racing for the first time this season. Um, good for her to be able to get back out there. Uh, they are a team that's a likely state meet birth team. Um, so in the next four weeks, you know, how, how well can they move up, right? How fit can she get? Um, because, you know, she is one of the the best in the state. Um, so we're happy to see that she's back there competing and competing at a high level. And Valpo boys, what can you say, right? We, we talk about them a lot too, because they went a lot up there. Um, and they're they're doing a fantastic job, a solid win there over Chesterton. So um, great. We love it. Adjusted ratings at the NIC NLC meet. Girls adjusted rating 35. Boys adjusted rating 24. And at the DAC, girls adjustments plus 21 boys adjustments plus 15. So, I mean, then we talked about, it. it's a really, really nice weather week and we're yeah. seeing it in a lot of these plus ratings down South, the Hoosier Hills conference, Floyd girls, 17 easy win over Seymour who scored 72 uh, Floyd's Caitlin Stewart, 1925 she won over her teammate savannah little 1940 without their number one runner the floyd boys 31 to 48 over a tough new albany team 
and New Albany was helped out by a 1-2 finish from the Lords. Aiden, 1536. Aaron, 1538. Praise Adjust the Lords. Adjustment here for the Hoosier Hills Conference. Girls plus 17. Boys. Must have been fast. I'm having trouble finding it. Well, hey, while you're looking for that, you know, I, I was kind of, you know, uh, hopeful to see the the Conway Lord match up again. Uh, but we'll have to wait till the Brown County semi-state, right? Will Conway, the star at Floyd Central, the number two uh, rated runner uh, in the state, uh, according to INCC stats. So, um, you know, that that's a two, three matchup right there. Lord is third across the state, according to that website. So um, we'll be Exciting to see them in a, in a few weeks in Brown County. We'll be checking the results since we'll be elsewhere, but, uh, you know, a heck of a, a matchup between the two of the Southern Indiana stars. So build up some suspense there. Finally found it. Boys rating plus 35. Ooh. So that was a, a quick one down South and then getting into our featured meet. What else than this? The Nike Valley Twilight. I think it goes by many different names. I'm going to go with that one. Uh, Presented by the Garrett Companies. I wasn't going to say that. It goes by many names. That it does. Uh, <laughs> top five Indiana girls teams. The Nobles, we did see the showdown. We yes, got, we We've did. got time and time and time to talk about this. The Noblesville girls, second overall with 111 points the columbus north girls fourth at 120 so we thought it could be really close meaning it's probably going to be close yeah at the state meet one team could defeat the other team by a lot meaning they probably have a big inside track to the state championship it was close noblesville 111 columbus north 120 north central girls 196 points that was good for sixth fort wayne homestead seventh with 246 and shout out carmel girls eighth 252 those were the top five indiana schools at this race the prospect team from illinois one of the best teams in the country uh i think they put five maybe in front of noblesville's Two, they had five way up, four under 18 minutes and a fifth four, not too far behind. Four under 18, yeah. So that looks like a very likely Nike Nationals team from the Midwest region. We'll see. Maybe Noblesville girls, Columbus North girls could get in there. And then the top five Hoosiers in the girls race. This race, we didn't think there'd be many outside teams. Not that we at least knew of on our preview podcast. Uh, turns out there were, and a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, second from Fort Wayne Homestead, Addison Canablo. She blitzes the course in 1721. A big day for the Canabros. That's what we call our fan club. Lily Baker from Columbus North was fourth, 1730. Julia Kiesler, also Columbus North, ninth in 1752. Lily Myers, 14th. Uh, she goes to Bloomington South and she ran 1809 for the race. And then from Carmel, shout out, Jasmine Klopstead, 19th, 18, 
25. What, what do you make of that girls race? Well, we talked about this in the preview podcast, right? Where I said that I, I thought it would be close between Noblesville and Columbus North, right? Um, I, it, I kind of thought it could go <clears throat> either way. Um, and, and, you know, nine points for Noblesville, uh, right there, uh, their group looked really solid. They, they just came in together, right. Ran together. Interestingly enough, if you check out the top five average time, the Noblesville, uh, girls, their top five, uh, average in 1836 Columbus North girls averaged 1827. Okay, so, so in the INCC stats rating, Columbus North had the best rating of this week. Yeah. But Noblesville had a lower score. So pretend I am an INCC stats novice, of which I am nothing of the sort. Explain to me how, how does that happen? How does Noblesville beat Columbus North, but Columbus North has a better rating? Well, the Columbus North girls performed better as compared to their uh, their average, their season average. Essentially, is uh, you know what it comes down to. Uh, what, what do you what do you got on it? I think I don't think that's a super accurate description because, for instance, the team that performed the best compared to their average of those five teams was North Central. Well, but they they had their best meet. I think what it means is that in a normal large meet columbus north projects a little better at a at a at a meet more like the state meet i think this is pretty close to what we would see at the state meet i mean you've got uh in terms of team points there's only one uh team that would factor in that wasn't present and uh in in point value now i guess here's the thing i guess i'm talking myself out of this now that a lot of those teams were out of state and don't factor in INCC stats but right um, so I, that, that could be it. But for instance, I have seen, and I don't know if the person that sent it to me, it was on athletic.net. I have seen team scores for the boys with the out of state athletes factored out. Have you seen something similar for the girls? Uh, I made my own. Yeah. For a couple of them. What, what was that for the, for the Nike Valley twilight, you made your own scores based on the, that meet with all the out-of-state kids taken out? Yeah, so roughly on the girls' side, here's how it, how it goes uh, with the out-of-state athletes gone. <clears throat> Noblesville uh, scores 43. Columbus North scores 57. Uh, really? The, so the gap got wider? The gap got wider. Huh. Uh, then you've got uh, North Central – at 94 and then uh let me do a little math here because i uh for some reason didn't write it down so stall real quick here colin so as you're doing the math homestead at 131 carmel 134 so that's that's interesting because almost all of the best teams were there yeah but there's no way that those five teams are going to score that that few points at the state meet. Correct. There's no way that Columbus North is in the 50s and Noblesville is in the 40s. Whereas the what I saw on the boys' side, 
that looked a lot closer if you look at like the INCC stats average to what it could end up. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think that this could be a really tight finish at the state meet and this was a pretty, I, I think it, I think it will be. Yeah. And, and, you know, having, you know, Noblesville's depth where those girls come in together and they've got, now you obviously you can only run seven at the state meet. Right. But their eight wasn't far back from their six, seven at all. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I guess the only point is, you know, they could afford to have one of their top five girls, maybe not have the best day and still be right there. Um, they don't have what Columbus North has in their one, two, but their three, four, five, six, if we're thinking possible tiebreaker certainly makes up for that. So Columbus North front running. Julia Kiesler is ranked third in Indiana. And Lily Baker is ranked sixth. Noblesville's top two. Are 16th and 32nd. So they're they're losing a lot of points there potentially. Yes. Well, remember they... on the girl side, Colin, and this is maybe what you're about to say. A lot of the top individuals are on teams that we would not project to be at the state meet. So while yes, that is a wide gap, it will narrow considerably because some of the elite level girls who will compete for the title aren't on teams, and enough of them you know can make a difference. So the the one two punch that Columbus North has isn't quite as strong as we might think, given the fact that many of those girls up there won't be scoring on a team. Yeah, so it's possible that Columbus North's number one beats Noblesville's number one by 45 to 60 seconds, and Columbus North's number one finishes fourth overall and scores one point, but Noblesville's number one finishes 17th overall and only scores six. Correct. So that gap could get erased and enforced if this fifth runners are separated by six seconds, which could be 10 points. Yes. Yep. Solid point. Uh, so basically what we know now is that we still know nothing in terms of the difference between those two teams, right? We still know nothing, right? We, we finally got to watch the matchup, but we don't know anything. Nine points. And if it were Columbus North by nine over Noblesville, we would still know nothing, right? I mean, single digit right. win is, you know, is incredibly tight. And we'll predict that, at least I'll, I'll predict that for the state meet here in, in a few weeks with the two of them. Um, and then, like we've seen all year, there is a considerable gap back to uh, the third best team. And the other point uh, that we brought up in the preview podcast was uh, kind of the podium alignment, right? Knowing that on the girl side, only one, uh, projected podium contender was not present. All the others were. Uh, and you see uh, North Central come out ahead of other elite podium contenders and Homestead and Carmel and then Hamilton Southeastern is the is the one who wasn't present for that, right? Um, and there's kind of a, a bit of a gap back to a couple other teams that, you know, uh, would be in what you'll call later the Lloyd Christmas division, but so, have you you don't play guess the line? Uh, let's guess do the it. odds. Let's I'm guessing on. you haven't looked at this in particular. 
what percentage chance do you think INCC stats gives the Noblesville girls to win the championship? Uh, 40%. Okay. What percentage chance do you think INCC stats gives Columbus North to win the title? I'm going to say 50 because the rating is considerably better on INCC stats. You almost nailed it. Columbus North 50.2, Noblesville girls 45.0. Oh, so man. then the other kind of 5% are just sprinkled in in the Lloyd Christmas division. Yeah. Uh, it was a good meet on the girls' side. It was a good meet, an historic meet in some ways on the boys' side. You got the document pulled up. You want to read through the boys? I got it right here. Here we go. Uh, the second place team, but the first from the Hoosier State, your Carmel Greyhounds. Got Shout it. out. There we go. Second with 106 points. Noblesville fourth with 175. Zionsville fifth with 188. Columbus North ninth, 286 points. And Center Grove in 10th, 289 points. And those are your top five Indiana teams. Cole Matisson brings home the uh, individual title. Uh, there was a late rush to catch him, but didn't have it. Uh, so Matisson wins in a 1451. Speaking of late rushes, uh, if you blinked, you missed charging Cameron Todd. Closing Cameron Todd. I'm sorry. Closing Cameron Todd. My bad, Cameron. Uh, third place with a 1457. Um, our guy, right? Tony Provenzano. In fifth with a 1502, Clayton Guthrie of Columbus North ran, uh, he was seventh place at a 1504, and Caden Click 11th with a 1510. Wow. It's a fast race, man. Fast race, historic race. Uh, all the, you know, the, the top level elite boys teams that we talked about were there. Uh, we got to see some out-of-state competition that'll factor into the NXR conversation or NXN. The team from uh, NOLA made the trip up, and uh, boy, did they ever, huh? That. Uh, so I've heard too that they have. They have said that they are not going to go to NXN. They instead are going to go to that running lane meet. They're the only kind of top national team that has committed to going to that wow we that's shan't big, be going we be it's a big pickup for running lane you know i know that's not a uh, part of what many indiana teams as teams may do some some did and some may but that's a that's a big pickup but it's it's uh, a year where nike is back uh so i think that's going to be tough for for running lane across the board but also here colin i mean they're not that they're afraid to travel obviously but uh, you know, going to Alabama when you're in New Orleans, it isn't crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nike pays for everything. Just get on the flight. Get on the plane. They got they got those down there. So, um, yeah, uh, what what an incredible day. And we talked about, uh, you know, how, at least I did on the preview, how the Carmel boys would stack up against uh, some of the uh, regional uh, teams, right, the Midwest schools. Uh, that will factor in at NXR as that team looks to uh, compete their uh, comfortable win over a Plainfield South. Uh, with a, you know, they had 140 points, so they were 36 back on Carmel 
And then uh, another strong team, uh, Mason was sixth overall with 190 and Rockbridge back at seventh at 239. So uh, Carmel looks to be in good shape right now at uh, NXR with, you know, several weeks out, but still things look really good for the Hounds. Uh, then the other point was this uh, Noblesville, Zionsville matchup, right? The kind of race for second. And then we should give some props to Columbus North and say they, you know, hey, they, they could be right there. But we kind of thought based off how things were going, at least I did in the season, uh, could it be Noblesville? Could it be Zionsville? The rematch from the conference meet the previous Saturday, uh, the Millers again, best Zionsville, uh, 175 to 188. So close, uh, but, you know, they are emerging as what could be considered uh, this the second best team in the state, but there's no kind of clear defined uh, group. I, I still, you know, think Columbus North uh, on the right day could be right up there. And then um, Center Grove, which we talked about a lot early in the season, they're still deeply talented. Um, and all it takes is one really great day, right? This is not a best of seven series. You just have one great day with five talented dudes and your whole season changes because that's all you're going to remember. So Laverne, I mean, certainly it, there've been so many meets held there that there, there have been fast days. Right. And I remember for instance, in uh, 2014, it was like 32 degrees, like perfect. The ground was frozen. Um, we averaged 1546. We were second at Nike Midwest that day, uh, despite having been second at the state meet a couple of weeks before and made it to Nike cross nationals. Yeah. It's crazy to think that a team averaged 1520 and didn't win. Uh, yeah. I mean, like you said, the conditions were just perfect. The race was fast. That, uh, man, that is, that is something, you know, uh, hats off to the to the Greyhounds on a, on a really fast, uh, historic day, right? Uh, fastest from an Indiana team, right? Five, top five. Is that what the Indy Star article had mentioned? He said it's the fastest team time ever on that course. Ever. Yeah. Um, and it's the number one team time in the country, but, but number two would be Jesuit because Jesuit right. obviously was at that meet. And it's kind of a similar thing, right? How, how does the team have a better team time? Well, that's, they don't score it on team time. They score it on places. And in that case, that's Jesuit scored nine fewer points. Yeah. Uh, Taylor's two tiers. Uh, we got nine minutes till the break. Can we get through the two tiers in the nine minutes? I think so. Here we go. It's a right. first year. So let's talk about the girls first, right? Uh, two tiers, tier number one, Noblesville, Columbus North. Talked about that all year, no change, right? Tier number two, uh, and uh, let's go in the order they finished. North Central, Homestead, Carmel, and HSC, because they weren't present. Six teams for five spots. And I think that's likely to be the case. Um, I, I Again, a couple other teams are on the outside looking in, but would need some help. They would need one of those teams to really slip up uh, to be able to to stand on the podium. But, you know, it's four weeks away, so anything's possible. Keep grinding hard if that's uh, who you are, right? So those are the two tiers on the girls' side. Anything you want to add to that? I think that 
I mean, it's tough. Like, what do I want to say? And obviously, I coach at Carmel. Carmel's my favorite team. Um, and I'm not the girls' coach at Carmel, so that makes it a little easier. I I feel like maybe we we being Carmel have been the most consistent throughout the fall of those four teams. North Central has been kind of up and down, but North Central had an excellent performance. And if you're going to have a good meet and a course to have a great performance on, that's probably the one to do, not some random invitational in September, but four weeks out from the state meet to go on the state meet course and run your best race. There's got to be something a little predictive about that. Yeah. Homestead all-time best performance from North Central in the history of their school. That yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Homestead hasn't necessarily been up and down so much is that they've just had some meets where they didn't run their best runner. Yep. And when your best runner runs 1721 and you go to your fifth runner or your sixth runner, rather, you use your sixth runner as a score. Uh, you lose three minutes. It's probably going to have a pretty profound impact uh, on, on the score. Um, and then HSC has had a solid season as well. So, so Carmel and HSC maybe a little more consistent and um, a little more depth. North Central and Homestead, uh, Homestead especially maybe some some higher upside. Sure. So we'll we'll see as that. So we come down to the the last four weeks and then, you know, three of those six teams are in the same semi-state. So it's not quite as collected into one just kind of corner of one or two counties the way that the boys is. Um, so we won't see some of this until the, the state meet anyway. And we'll see Homestead HSC uh, at their semi-state. But it, again, right. it, you know, it both teams are are comfortably advancing out of there so we right we and the big and the big matchup we won't see again although remember it wasn't all that long ago that columbus north and hamilton southeastern were in that same semi-state as well and only five teams got out yeah uh, on the boys side uh again top tier carmel shout out shout out no reason to change that after this past Saturday. Uh, tier number two, Noblesville, Zionsville, uh, Columbus North, and then Center Grove in that order. So back-to-back uh, -back important meets between a conference and the Nike Twilight meet. Uh, Noblesville bested uh, Zionsville in both scenarios. Um, so they, you know, they deserved that spot there. And then, uh, you know, Columbus North, Again, a team that's got potential to improve and move up and compete for that second spot. Um, they were they were considerably back uh, at, at Nike Twilight, but again, four weeks uh, and plenty of work that could be have uh, be done there. And then, like I already mentioned, Center Grove just being super talented, and uh, you know, again, one day. So who knows what, what could happen? There's still a team that if you're one of those other uh, in that in that second tier, you got to keep an eye on. You can't just assume that they're not going to be there. So anything could happen, you know, one guy gets out, one guy gets sick, whatever. Sure. Um, 
Noblesville joins Zionsville and and Carmel as a team with a sub 100 rating, which puts them in relatively rare company. We had three teams with an INCC stats team rating in the double digits rather than triple digits. Yeah. And for instance, sometimes a lot of times we go two, three years at a time without any team under a hundred. We've had three boys teams this year. What, what percentage chance do you give it that the top two teams include Columbus or uh, sorry, the top two teams include Carmel, Zionsville or Noblesville? What percentage chance do you give? Two of those three teams. Yes. And no one else. And, and go, you say Carmel, Noblesville, Zionsville. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say 70%. That seems fair. And then I think what, you know, let's say 25% split among Columbus North Center Grove kind of, you know, and then a little bit of, uh, you know, like Fishers, right? A team that's a perennial, like, you know, they're, they're right on the outside. It seems unlikely this year, but, you know, there's, again, so you're saying there's a chance. So if you, maybe, maybe you just mentioned it, you went through your two tiers and there were only five teams in, in both tiers where the girls had six. If yeah. you had to pick one team outside of the top five to finish in the top five of the state meet, who would you pick? Uh, I'm going to take Fishers. Uh, it's really close between Fishers and Franklin Central. Uh, uh, the difference may be uh, in geography, which is weird, but think about this. Fishers and HSC, as you mentioned, travel to the New Haven semi-state that is not quite as competitive as the Shelbyville semi-state, um, seeing as the Shelbyville semi-state has uh, f- uh, four of the top five uh, teams on the on the boys' side right there. And then let's call it, actually, it's uh, six of the top eight teams in the uh, in the state. So, Franklin Central's geography is what's going to probably hold it back because if you you're you know Nathan Warnicky, you can say hey we're really going to keep training and really going to gear toward the state meet knowing that our path is far more clear. Whereas if you're you know Sweetman, you have to be ready to go for uh, really your semi state because your sectional regional you're going to be okay, but the semi states where you really got to be on it. So you you know you can do a couple different things. Um, and, you know, like, like I had mentioned, probably on the top 50 preview podcast in the summer, uh, the Fishers Tigers always find a way to be on the podium. And, you know, yep. and how did that happen? Well, they always find a way. So if I had to pick one other team, it would be Fishers. Who's likely to get out of the state meet? Would have been the best ratings throughout the season? We'll answer those questions after the break. Are you dealing with a running injury or in need of some treatment? Contact Jacob at Tempo Sports Rehab, conveniently located off of the Monon in the city center of Carmel, Indiana. Find out more information at temposportsrehab.com. Well, Lloyd, that's difficult to say, and we really don't hit me with it. Just give it to me straight. 
I came a long way just to see you, Mary. Just least you can do is level with me. What are my chances? Not good. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. And we're back. All right. There are four semi-states. There are two races per semi-state. So eight different meets. We're going to go through here in alphabetical order. We were just saying, Taylor, it seems it seems a lot more up in the air, especially in this Brown County semi-state and especially on the boys' side than it has in years. Normally, it seems like a lot of these semi-states, the six feel almost locked in and then anything can happen that's high school athletics you know yeah over the next few weeks but this seems way more uncertain than we're used to in the past there's certainly uh teams more teams looking at the prospect of making it to state right particularly out of that semi-state um yeah it's going to be it's going to be tight we're gonna we're gonna see what we can predict here or you know, project. Okay, let's go through them. Here we go. Brown County girls. I put this down. Locks. Sorry, Scott. Columbus North, Floyd Central, Bloomington South, and Princeton. Now, I had initially, as I was doing this exercise, thought, Princeton, that's a tiny school. There's no way they can be considered a lock. We'd have to move them into very likely. However, Princeton, first of all, I don't think they're as small of a school as I had initially thought. Yeah, Princeton with a 99.1% chance to make it out of the semi-state has a reasonably deep team. And so they can afford a little bit of slippage here. And so I, I did include Princeton onto the locks. Colin, how many students do you think attend Princeton Community High School? Well, initially, I thought it was like 400, and then I feel like when I looked it up, it was like 700. According to the, uh, our trusty public school review, 617 students hmm. for 22-23 uh, school year. Pretty close, although I can feel the cynics already saying, really, two guys at Carmel are saying 617 students is a lot. I know, I get it. There's, 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 there's 1,617 students in my class tomorrow morning. Yeah. first period wow. um the rest of the semi-state i put very likely northview northview 97.7 percent chance to win however there's been some uh, unavailability i think even if that were to continue for northview they're still probably okay but that's why i put northview is very likely rather than a lock I think that's fair. It, it appears maybe their fifth runner hasn't raced in quite a while. However, their sixth girl uh, has the exact same rating. So if she is their fifth, they are um, in the same boat and, and seemingly fine. So as long as everybody kind of shows up and does what they can do, I think Northview's moving on. They've just lost a little bit of their margin of error. So that's five. Columbus North, Floyd, Bloomington South, Princeton, Northview. Then I have contenders, three of them. Edgewood, 53% chance. Bloomington North, 
26% chance. Cordon Central, 22% chance. I'm going to go with uh, Edgewood on this one. We've uh, been able to see them race a couple times, and I, I think that they're going to be able to snag that sixth spot. They've got the front running for sure. They've got the two sisters at the top of the lineup. There's been some availability concerns over the years for some of the athletes, um, but if, if they get everybody healthy and trained to the line, I definitely think they have an advantage. Uh, I am just interested in this core and central team. Um, I think they've been improving a lot. I think they've sought out meets to test themselves over spring and fall. Um, so I, I think they've got, I think they've got a chance. And then the Lloyd Christmas division, this comes from the movie Dumb and Dumber where Jim Carrey's character's name is Lloyd Christmas. And he asks the woman, what are the chances that they could end up together? And she tells him not very good. And he says, not good. Like one out of a hundred. And she says more like one out of a million. And he celebrates Jasper 1.6% chance and always lurking in the Southern semi-state South Knox. 0.9% chance to make the state meet. Yeah. So you're telling me there's a chance. There we go. You didn't pick dumb and dumber because you and I on this podcast, right? No, we're, we're, we're uh, stepbrothers. Okay, good. I knew we were the stepbrothers, but I, I didn't know if maybe somebody thought we were dumb and dumber. So just fair. Maybe on the message board, they'll tell us that, but you know, I uh, think there's, I think there's not as many people as we feel like, but they're certainly making their opinions known on the boards by the way does anybody want to know who those people are because i do i don't want to know i already know you know yeah yeah, yeah. okay You're in how about the boys locks columbus north bloomington north bloomington south and then i put very likely floyd central 99.8 percent chance and i'm not i'm not taking them out of the lock category because i'm on my scott Litska. but floyd's Number one runner has not run the last two meets. We would hope is is people that are interested in um, high school distance running that that's probably just a cautious thing. It's preventative. We would hope that, that he'll be fine, and I'm sure he will be. However, if he's not, that's why I say very likely and not not a lock. Yeah, they they may still. They may still squeak out, but it it would be pretty close. I mean, there are a couple of those contenders who are right there, including another very small school uh, that would have a great chance uh, at making it. So those are only four schools. After that, four contenders. Jasper, 71.8% chance. All of these come from INCC stats. New Albany, 45% chance. Austin, 32.8%, and Northview, who has made it in, in several years in a row, 17.3% chance. So four locks or almost locks, and then four kind of main contenders. Only only two of, out of that group can make it. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe uh, Jasper and New Albany, right? I mean, they have the, the highest probability here. The uh, As you mentioned, Floyd, uh, assuming – Conway is, is running and, and going, then they're they're all set. Uh, if not, then maybe we could see Austin, another small school. Let's play this game again, Colin. Uh, according to the most recent figures I could find, how many students attend Austin High School? Uh, 350? 376. 
We gotta start paying me for this. Oh. Can't get no more free, Colin. Oh, well, actually, actually, yeah, one cent per listen. Uh, and then after that, I put this is where the the southern semi state just feels like every year, and maybe this isn't really the case that like here are the six schools they've been the six schools all year, and then maybe at the last minute, Jasper slips up and Princeton gets in or whatever. Sure. This is the most wide open Southern semi-state that I, that I can remember. So after those four main contenders for what is essentially two spots, I have three fringe contenders, Edgewood, 12.9% chance, Evansville Central, 9.6% chance, Evansville Wrights, 5%. And some of these schools, we just don't see a lot of because they're, they're tucked away down in the southwestern corner of the state and they're just yeah. not necessarily coming up to i mean Terre Haute is a hike from evansville even brown county is a hike from there so we and don't that was see the point much i was gonna teams. yeah i was gonna say it's hard hard to you know project or predict what some of the yes you can look online results but you know i i have to be honest i've not been to a meet in evansville i'm not familiar with any course in that area right and we don't get to see them very often so it's hard to say for certain what the Evansville teams are capable of, um, you know, at, at the semi-state level, they, they could really surprise some people. That's not all. We've got three more in the Lloyd Christmas division. Castle, 3%. South Knox, here they are again, 1%. Tell City, 1.2%. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you there's a chance. There's a chance. Uh, let's, let's move up North, Northeast New Haven girls. Although I don't know how long it's going to be till we just call it the Huntington semi-state when New Haven gives it up for Huntington, I guess it'd be the Huntington North semi-state when they do that. Yeah. Uh, this is, it's the Fort Wayne semi-state, the Northeast semi-state locks, Fort Wayne Homestead, Hamilton, Southeastern and Concordia. No yeah. issues with those. No issues with those. Likely Penn, 91.8%. Fort Wayne Carroll, 88.4%. Okay. I'm and then there. that's five. And then contenders, I just put two. This one's a, lo a lot more straightforward than the boys. Yeah. East Noble, 82.5%. That would be six. And then North Ridge, 38.8%. So yeah. based on, I guess, pedigree, I considered Penn and Carroll to be likely and East Noble to only be a contender. Um, and then Northridge, maybe also based on pedigree, 38.8% chance. But I, I think it's possible that Northridge could beat East Noble. I mean, anything could happen, right? And we saw that last year, especially on the boys' side out of that, out of that Fort Wayne semi-state. One of the really likely teams got knocked out. It's one race. Someone could get sick. Someone could run poorly. Someone could have bad Fazoli's. Um, but I, I, I think Northridge could knock out East Noble. East Noble's got a lot of talent, young talent in front running. But I, I think Northridge could get into that one. It, it could happen. Northridge uh, would need to get a runner back who hasn't raced for a little while uh, if she returns and, and is at or near uh, her early season level. Then uh, I, I could see that happening. The boys' side is anything but straightforward. Locks, Fishers, Northridge, Hamilton Southeastern. Likely, Penn, 92.8% chance. 
Goshen, 90.4% chance. So maybe even likely to very likely. Yeah. Contenders. I think there's one team that's that's better than all the other teams. Like this one team is likely to make it and all the other teams' percentage chances added up don't equal this team's chances to make it out. And that team that's a main contender, and this is I was discussing this with people on the message boards because I like to discuss uh, Indiana high school distance running. Hey, Can question: you, When you discuss uh, distance running, do you uh, what? What do you go? What, what's your what's your handle? What do you use? Uh, it's it's Colin. Yeah, it's Colin because that's my name. That's not original. No, but then people know who I am. So I feel like the discussions are better when we know who other people are. Uh, anyways, Concordia, 61.6% chance. And then the other contenders, Adams, South Bend Adams, 9.8%. Northwood, 14.2%. Fort Wayne Homestead, 13.5%. And then I put a fringe contender, and we've discussed this on the board, Um Mishawaka has a 6% chance to make it out with a caveat. And that is that one of Mishawaka's top runners hasn't run for several weeks. Now, if he were to come back and run at his usual level, that could give Mishawaka two and say the top 20 or so, which would be a really, really good start. I just, I don't know how likely that is. Um, I'm not going to speculate on it i don't know as to why someone has or hasn't run and i also don't want to just you know mention a uh you know a kid by name um but i think all of those teams are kind of in that mix now concordia has won the state championship in the last four years but concordia also kind of shockingly didn't make it last year with a team that looked very likely to make it out so i mean they're the favorite right I would certainly say so. Yeah, particularly given availability issues from other teams, uh, they they seem to be the overwhelming favorite, you know, uh, to to make it there. Um, you know, they've got even if you go down there, they're five, six, uh, seven. That's you know, that's where things get to close. But I, I think they're a six place team at the at the semi state. It may be higher. I mean, I could see Concordia. If- you know, Fishers, Northridge, HSE, and then maybe Concordia finishes as, you know, as high as fourth. Uh, but this says they, you know, there's a 40% chance, give or take, that they don't finish in the top six and that would end their season. So for one spot, Concordia, Adams, Northwood, Homestead, and maybe Mishawaka, and then add on to that. And I don't think I've ever seen the numbers distributed quite like this. The Lloyd Christmas division, Five teams, Taylor, Elkhart, 2%, Leo, 1.6, DeKalb, 3.6, Fort Wayne Carroll, 3.4. And this is Derek's team. They're going to have to get him a T-shirt. They're going to have to mail it to him if they make it to the state finals. Wapahani, 1.5% chance to make the state finals. Oh, boy. Let's go. Wapahani, man. Let's hop on that bandwagon. New Prairie Girls, Locks. I just have one, Valparaiso. Seems about right. Very likely. This is a small team, a small school. Morgan Township. Their coach posts on the message board a lot. 93% chance to make the state meet. And then I have four likely teams. Lake Central, 89.8. 
Laporte, 88.4, and I think that number is going to creep up over the next couple weeks as their star runner gets her sea legs back under her after missing much of the season. I would Morse, move, I would move them to the very likely category now that she's back racing. That's that I mean that's what I would do. I, you know. Yeah. Warsaw, 88.2% chance and Chesterton 79% chance, but I think that may not be that accurate of a figure because I think Chesterton oftentimes now I I wouldn't do this as a coach but just looking at it through the numbers, I think they do a lot of tempo efforts in races. And so when they do run all out, I don't think that their stats rating is as accurate as a team that runs all out every time the individuals run. Right. Remember that INCC stats assumes that you gave your, you know, gave a hard effort every time, because how can you quantify that for right. an athlete who isn't? So they just assume that right. every step out there is, you know, an all out effort. Um, so if you're not doing that, then that's not really reflected in the ratings. Um, they also have a little bit of availability issues. So we'll, we'll kind of see, but incredibly well coached team. Uh, so uh, I, I would, I like them in the likely area. That seems, that seems about right for right now. And remember Chesterton was third last year at the state meet. Yeah. Yeah. Fringe contender. So that's six teams that we consider to be likely. But the numbers climb up here more so than I would think. Um, I guess it's you know it's just the way the math works. McConaughey sixteen point seven percent, Crown Point nineteen point eight percent. It's either Couts or Coots. It's Couts, right? I think that sounds better. Couts thirteen point eight percent, West Lafayette ten point four. And then Lloyd Christmas Division, Harrison, 0.8%, and Ileana Christian, 0.3%. That's Lloyd Christmas, all right. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm sitting here looking over, you know, McConaughey, Crown Point, some of these other teams that we don't really get a chance to see uh, much. You and I don't anyway. Um, and, and you know, it, it may be uh, – it may be just the ones that we named, right? Chesterton may be that sixth spot going. I think in. my hot I think my hot take on this is that one of those six teams is going to be out in McConaughey, Crown Point, Cowts, West Lafayette. Someone's going to get into that six. We're going to be looking at our phones. First of all, it's a new Prairie Sim. I see it's going to take them like three days to get them online. But when sure. we finally see it, we're going to be like, whoa. Okay, some you know, somebody's out. Somebody that we thought was going to make it is out. That's a hot take right there. Hey, here's what's not a hot take. I think Morgan Township is a top 10 team in 23. Well, we'll see when the uh, preseason ratings come out after the season. Just saying, go back to this uh, state, you know, wide tournament preview podcast and be like that guy. That was, that wasn't that hot of a, t I, I know. I'm just telling you, I feel good about it. Boys locks. Again, I only have one and it's the same school. Valparaiso. Keep it rolling. That sounds good to me. Very likely with a capital V. Lake Central, 98.2. Wow. Some very, very minor availability issues when you look at their INCC stats. And then Chesterton, 97.3% chance. I think the Chesterton boys may be um, – 
in whatever the opposite of inflated is deflated uh on their on their rating because i i think there's some races where maybe they're not giving a hundred percent effort okay and that's i'm not saying one way or the other i'm not taking a stance on that is it from a coaching standpoint i'm just saying that i just like the west lafayette boys would do that as well in the past that maybe the stats aren't a great representation that they are for a lot of other teams because they're not necessarily giving a full effort and that's weighing into the statistical analysis of the team. So maybe 97.3 is too low. So maybe Chesterton should be a lock. And in fact, after they, how they ran at the DAC, I, I just can't imagine that they won't make the state meet, but very likely with a capital B. Likely Warsaw, 83.3% chance and the Laporte boys, 82.6. That's five teams. Five teams that sound like uh, they're making it on, right? I feel pretty good about all those teams right there. I think Lake Central, I would consider to be a lock. I mean, you're over 98%. I know you mentioned possible availability issues, but this is a team that has gotten considerably better from last year. And, uh, you know, the geography helps them a little bit more. I, I think that, you know, they're they're a lock. I would go ahead and put the Lakers down. Well, and if if Lake Central is a lock, then Chesterton's a lot because Chesterton just beat Lake Central by 25 points or so at their conference meet. So maybe maybe all three of those should be. All three, yeah. Contenders, Portage, 77.3% chance. So they're more than twice as likely as the next team here to make it out. West Lafayette, 34%. Crown Point, 23%. Lloyd Christmas Division, Harrison, 2.2. And McCutcheon, shout out McCutcheon's coach is a Carmel grad. Uh, Dan Porter McCutcheon 1.5% chance. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting here looking at, you know, what West Lafayette, right. Kind of checking them out a little bit here. Uh, great performance up at Culver, uh, you know, certainly from their, their top squad that that was a meet that featured a lot of out of state talent as well. Right. Including some, some from up in that area. Unfortunately, didn't get to see them race last weekend. Uh, so they're they're certainly in the in the conversation. I can understand that. Uh, Crown Point potentially, right? But again, maybe some availability here or there. Um, again, hard hard to say way up there. And uh, we'll we'll cheer for the Carmel grad. On on the opposite side, I think of the girls, where we have six likely or better teams to make it out. This one has five likely, although I mean Portage's much percentage chance is much much closer to Laporte than they are to West Lafayette. Right. I think this is more likely to stay true to form because there's just not enough of those other contending teams that yeah. like when there's four or five teams outside of that top six that have a realistic chance, the the likelihood of, of one of those five teams popping off or having four of their kids run a great race is a yeah. lot higher than if it's just one or two other teams. Sure. So I think, I think the boys is more likely to stay state of form on that. Uh, and then we're going to end with the least likely uh, semi-state in terms of variance. Shelbyville, Girls, Locks, Noblesville, Carmel, North Central. Fair. Very likely Zionsville, 94.5% chance. That seems fitting. 
I would have thought that Zionsville was a lock last year and they didn't make it. They've been up and down this year, but yeah. even their down hasn't necessarily led us to believe that they won't make it out of the semi-state. Right. So that's four teams. Likely Franklin Central, 74.3%. So some of these schools are listed as contenders and they have a, a higher percentage chance to make it than that. I think it's it's based on a lot of factors, I guess, as I was making this very quickly before practice started today. Um, one of those is Franklin Central has a history. They have an established coach. They've made the state meet a lot recently um, on the girls' side, or at least it certainly feels like they have. Um, and, and they're running pretty well right now. They, they were pretty solid at that Laverne meet. Yeah. That's five. Then it gets messy, Taylor. Yeah, this was tough. Contenders. I, I put. You know what? I'm going to do an audible here. I'm going to pull up Peyton Manning. Oh, Contenders. Boy. Westfield, 39.3% chance. Guerin, 21.9% chance. East Central, 23.6% chance. And Brownsburg, 23.4% chance. Now, I had initially listed East Central and Brownsburg in the fringe contenders because East Central and Brownsburg are not all that close to the level of Westfield or Guerin, and they're even behind Chittard. But East Central and Brownsburg are going to make the semi-state. Easily. We don't know for certain that Westfield and Guerin will make it. If Westfield and Guerin emerge from that Noblesville regional, I really like their chances to finish ahead of East Central and Brownsburg. But there's other teams that could knock Westfield and Guerin out. So we'll say four contenders for one spot, plus some additional ones we'll get into here. Yeah, this was really hard for, for me to kind of think about. A uh, couple – let me just kind of kind of name some perks of each of these teams, right? Um, a couple of them that you noted anyway, right? Westfield, as you mentioned on paper, has the uh, highest percentage of them to to advance. That's, that's a that's a depressed chance. They they yes. they're going to be better than thirty nine percent in two weeks, right? Because they have a key athlete back uh, to racing, and um, she will get to better form. Uh, Whitney Bevins, uh, one of the best coaches in the state, right? She showed that with her team last year. Um, so that you think, okay, this this looks pretty good. They only really have like seven. So if we if we if we don't have somebody, you know, we got to move up. We're we're kind of hurting there. Garen, right? I know Shut you're up. a Garen goon. They're on those streets. I think we we're saw out. We're out here. We're on these streets. Saw them on the Monon here recently. Uh, Garrett has a, a star athlete up front, uh, which will help in the semi-state, but maybe not quite the depth of a Westfield, which is why they're a little bit further back. Garrett's got two that could be yeah. pretty high up there. Yeah. Yeah. Garrett makes the state meet. They could have two in the top 50. So something to, to remember or think about here for Garrett. And then the other team that I really want to hit on that I, I think almost came out of nowhere, at least in, in my mind, at the Flash Rock meet, we got a chance to see East Central race. 
They had a phenomenal day. And we also saw them at Nike Twilight last uh, Saturday evening. Uh, and they ran uh, all of their best girls in the uh, open division, uh, which you you could do, right? Uh, and they they did that. Uh, they they won uh, considerably, uh, but they the top five average of a nineteen fifty three. And then you mentioned another team in Brownsburg uh, that you, know, you thought okay they they could be in the conversation. Twenty oh eight was their top five average, and they were in the championship race. Uh, about an hour later, uh, East Central, uh, again, that would be, they're very well coached. I, I I think they have a great chance as well. Uh, hard, hard to pick one of them, right? You going to you make me pick? No, I don't want to jinx this. Okay. So I think Garen. there's something, there's something to like about uh, all three of those and to be hopeful if you're uh, an athlete or a parent or a fan of one of those teams listening. Fringe contenders, Chatard 6.5%, Avon 10.2%. Here's where it gets tricky. Chatard could have two of the top five at the Burbuff Regional. Or yep. the, it used to be the Burbuff Regional, the Noblesville Regional. But North Central Carmel and, and Noblesville are all in that regional, meaning almost all of the kids from Noblesville – Carmel and North Central are going to come in after Chatard's top two and after Garen's number one in the rest of the lineup. Garen's got a big gap at four and five from their counterparts at Chatard, but that may not matter because they're just not going to be any bodies in that mix. There's just yeah. not going to be enough runners. And if Garen can get out of the semi-state, we've got a really good chance to make it to the state meet. I, but Chatard, the numbers, Chatard just has an advantage at that regional meet. So that's yeah. that to me is interesting to see. And then I put Lloyd Christmas Division Cathedral, who also could knock Chatard and Garen out of the regional, or maybe Westfield. Cathedral, 3.8%. Burbuff in that same Noblesville regional. 2.3% chance, and then Indian Creek, 0.9%. Indian Creek's got two great front runners. So, yeah. but the 21.9% chance for Garen, the 6.5% chance for Chatard is, and I the time's ticking down here until the end of the podcast, but the next semi-state is pretty straightforward. Um, that reflects the uncertainty such as Garen only has a 55% chance to make it out of the regional. And Westfield, 39% chance. Westfield only has like a 60% chance to make it out of the regional. And so those numbers would readjust heading into the semi-state. And right. if, if Westfield and Garen both get out, their chances to make it to the state meet are going to multiply because now, now they're there and it probably comes down to those two teams. But, you know, if Cathedral or Burbuff make it out and knock out Westfield or Garen, that then there's a much better chance for East Central or for Brownsburg to, to make it to the – or Avon to make it to the state meeting. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I guess it kind of weighs, you know, again, what, what happens there at that Noblesville Regional, who can squeeze that fifth spot. It's going to be really tight, really close, as you just described. And then, you know, what what benefit is there or, you know, how, how great of a benefit at, at the semi-state level – 
of having a, maybe a less competitive sectional or regional, and you and you don't have to be at your best. So you just kind of really train through and focus on that day. Is that really going to help? Um, you know, I think I think it could if you can. Yeah, if, yeah. If the coaches can navigate that properly, I do think that's a that's that's not an insignificant advantage. Yeah. For Brownsburg, East Central, Avon, or or maybe even Indian Creek. Versus Westfield, Garen, Chittard, Cathedral, Burbuff, they have got to they have got to run well at the regional. Right. Um, so well, and they're like the sectional to train through, but well, they they could. Uh, and I was going, but those two teams will likely again. We don't know exactly what they're going to do, but will likely need to run all of their best girls out the sectional. Um, not that there's a serious danger of getting out, but they there's a an overall depth issue that, you know, it seems likely that they would race their best seven at the sectional, or at least most of them. Right. Shelbyville boys, this won't take very long. Locks, Carmel, Noblesville, Zionsville, Center Grove, very likely. Franklin Central, 95.7% chance. Burbuff, 96.6%. So that's six. Those seem like the six, right? Those are the six. Everybody else, uh, great job making it. Good luck next year. I mean, I suppose the only thing that could happen would be Franklin Central. Franklin Central's depth is actually pretty good. Burbuff's depth is not as good. And so if one of Burbuff's top three boys was unable to go the day of the regional or the semi-state especially, that could leave them vulnerable. In which case, we present to you the Lloyd Christmas division. Brownsburg, 4%. Greenfield, 2.1%. Garen, because we're out here, we're on these streets, Taylor, the streets of Hamilton County, 0.5%, Westfield 1.2, Mount Vernon 0.4. Anything? That, I mean, that seems really cut and dry to me. Yeah, the six or the six. I mean, that's that's just what we're going to see right there. So, again, barring some unforeseen act. All right. Can't wait. Sectional's coming up. Give my little dudes a chance to run. Anything you're looking forward to over this next week? Silly season, man. You love it. Yeah. You know what? Uh, you mentioned the weather, the excitement, the opportunity for some kids to uh, maybe finish their season um, on, on a strong, uh, you know, time of PR, hopefully uh, given, you know, where they're at and the, the conditions that we're going to see, because that is important to many of the kids who are still going to be racing. So an opportunity for some to uh, either train through the sectional or, or advance uh, or win to compete. Many of the teams are looking to compete to win. That's important to many of the schools around the the 32 right sectionals. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a fun day. I'm going to be bundled up there at Noblesville and then excited to to cheer on cheer on my girls. It'll be fun and your and your little dudes, as you put it, Colin. I'll, I'll be. I'll I be love cheering. I love my guys. I love my little dudes. Yeah, they're, they're my little guys. Yeah. Well, check out, check out, check out my guy Kyle Grove, the Noblesville sectional. Shout I want out. the whole I want the whole state to look at the results and see what my guy Kyle Grove runs on Saturday. Kyle Grove maximizer. Check it out. You heard it here first. All right, man. Anything else? That's it. I'm excited. We'll be ready to see uh the tournament seasons here. Can't believe we uh are here already, right? It's crazy to think about, but uh this is it. This is uh what you train for. Well, you and I are just kind of training to lose weight and have some casual discussions after. I got six, I got six miles in today. That was fairly solid. Yeah, I didn't get any. We'll run tomorrow, though. Yeah, yeah, let's run tomorrow. All right, man. Hey, thanks for coming on. Go Hounds. Go Hounds.
guys. I love my little dudes. They my little guys. I love them. 